Hello there and welcome to the first bill. My name is Q Nguyen, Director of Content Development here at APHA and your host for today's segment on sodiclofosin. Sodiclofosin belongs to a class of sodium glucose co-transporter 2 or SGLT2 inhibitors. This includes the well-established daplaclofosin and empaclofosin, as well as canaclofosin, ertuclofosin, and the newly approved bexaclofosin in January 2023. While all currently FDA-approved SGLT2 inhibitors, or SGLT2I, I'll probably say inhibitors, have indications for patients with type 2 diabetes, only sodoclofosin joins dapaclofosin and empaclofosin with an additional FDA approval for the reduction of risk of cardiovascular death and hospitalization due to heart failure. However, it is a bit different in that it is the first dual SGLT2 one and SGLT2 inhibitor for the treatment of heart failure to include both heart failure with preserved ejection fraction as well as heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. Now, SGLT2 transporters are primarily located in the kidneys and are responsible for the reabsorption of approximately 90% of filtered glucose. They are also expressed in the brain, heart, liver, and muscles. SGLT2 inhibitors act by preventing renal glucose reabsorption. This results in lower plasma glucose levels because we're not reabsorbing the glucose and it's being excreted in the urine. So again, the glucose is being excreted in the urine. Through this, the class of medications also decrease blood pressure and weight, though none of this is new, right? We now have the SGLT1 inhibitor. So SGLT1 transporters are located in the kidney, brain, heart, and so on. But the key difference here, again, the key difference is that they're also located in the intestines. Here, they are responsible for the glucose reabsorption in the small intestines and for the reabsorption of the remaining 10% of filtered glucose in the kidneys. SGLT1 inhibitors work primarily by slowing down the absorption of glucose in the small intestine. And as a result, it leads to a reduction in postprandial blood glucose levels. This mechanism's action is independent of kidney function. So for SGLT2 inhibitors, in situations where there is a lower GFR or a reduction in GFR, the ability to remove glucose and lower A1C is impacted. Again, in renal insufficiency, SGLT2 inhibitors are not as effective, but the renal effects do not impact how effective the SGLT1 inhibitors are in the small intestines. So with that, it seems straightforward that there's a benefit for SGLT, SGLT1 inhibitors when looking at the indication for diabetes. But what about for patients with heart failure without diabetes? So the SCORED and SOLOIS trials found that sodoclofosin was associated with not only reduced cardiovascular mortality and hospitalization in patients with heart failure, but it also prevents the development of heart failure in patients with type 2 diabetes and CKD, which is in line with other SGLT2 inhibitors. Something that's not observed, again, this is different here, something that's not observed in the class of SGLT2 inhibitors was that sodoclofosin reduced the incidence of non-fatal and fatal stroke, as well as non-fatal and fatal myocardial infarction. The mechanisms associated with the reductions remain to be determined, but likely are related to the effect of SGLT1 inhibition. So we'll keep a 
close eye on this as more data becomes available. Now, going to the back to the class as a whole, SCLT2 inhibitors have been shown to effectively lower A1C levels in patients with type 2 diabetes on average of approximately 0.5 to 1%. And that's, again, the A1C reduction as a class. The long-term sustainability of weight loss has been observed in a meta-analysis listing or lasting about one to two years. And the reduction in body weight that they were able to sustain was about three kilograms at two years compared to placebo. In addition to the antihyperglycemic effects, potential mechanisms resulting in improved cardiac function include lowering blood pressure, promoting diuresis, providing renal protection, enhancing cardiac energy metabolism, reducing cardiac inflammation, and inducing weight loss. With multiple choices on the market and with the inclusion of sodium glucose co-transfer to inhibitors in national guidelines for heart failure and diabetes, pharmacists employs not only to ensure the appropriate use and dose optimization of the medications, but to promote them with other healthcare professionals who otherwise may not be comfortable or familiar with this class of medications. Recommending guideline-based pharmacotherapy is the first step in addressing prescribing gaps. But the next one will be access and affordability. We hear this time and time again. The selection of which SGLT2 inhibitor may be driven predominantly by the cost of insurance co-pays and formulary decisions out of our control. Aside from, of course, key differences in kidney function criteria for eligibility, taking into account comorbidities, the presence of diabetes or severity of renal disease, as well as cardiovascular disease risk, concurrent medications, and other patient characteristics, such as age or history or propensity for genital urinary infections. While we wait to see if soda glyphosin edges out the competition due to its SGLT1 inhibition and potential impact on fatal and non-fatal stroke NMIs. I hope you enjoyed this refresher and hope that the update was helpful. Thank you so much for joining.